Gotham Legend of the Dark Knight, Season 5, Episode 6, 13 Stitches. I'm David Mizzouz, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. This is Drew Powell, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. This is Andrew Sellen, Mr. Penn on Gotham, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. This is Robin Lord Taylor, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. Welcome back, fellow Gothamites. Welcome back, fellow detectives. We are on to episode 136 of Gotham TV Podcast. A little bit delayed, but we're talking about Gotham Season 5, Episode 6, 13 Stitches, last week's episode of Gotham. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. And I am one of your other hosts, John. Yes, welcome back, fellow Gothamites. Uh, and apologies for the slight delay in the podcast due to extravaganzas and uh, travel and celebrations for family members. Um, we were unable to podcast sooner than we would have liked. But nonetheless, here we are with episode six of season five, 13 Stitches. Mm-hmm. And what an episode it is. Again, a rollicking roller coaster of a ride. Uh, I am expecting a rollicking roller coaster of a ride once we get to um, Jeremiah's, or should I say, the Big J's fairground attraction. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yes, yes. Apologies for being late, but to make it up to you, as we mentioned over on our YouTube video, we're doing our top three WTF moments of each episode of Gotham this season. As we mentioned over there, to make it up to you, we are going to have a very special interview with another member of the cast of Gotham coming up in the next couple of days. We'll also have another interview with another member of the cast of Gotham. I'm not telling you who it is at the moment. We'll have them released on our feed. Make sure you subscribe to the feed at GothamTVPodcast.com or, of course, on any good or villainous podcast catcher just look for gotham tv podcast you'll find our feed as number one most likely since we are the longest running podcast about gotham and that's why we got to bring you these lovely interviews with these wonderful cast members so really looking forward to talking to them about their time on gotham absolutely some great stuff coming down the tracks here with interviews with different members of the cast so uh, really looking forward to that uh, we're joined by Selena Kyle at the moment, if you can hear the bell in the background. Uh, but nonetheless, <laughs> That's uh, our pod kitty Charlie. it is our pod kitty Charlie. Uh, I think this is his debut on the podcast, at least being mentioned. And not in the five years we've been doing it. I'm sure we've had the cat directly into the microphone at some point <laughs> during our five years of yes. recording. But this time you might hear him. He's a little bit louder than normal. He is the dark kitty. Uh, but... On with our spoiler-filled review. Derek, what are some of the episode details for 13 Stitches? Well, big one here. This is another directing job from Mr. Benjamin J. McKenzie. It's the the third episode that Ben's directed of Gotham. Uh, He usually gets the 16th episode of each season. Back in season three, he got the 16th episode, which was these delicate and dark obsessions. In season four, he got episode 16 again, which is one of my three soups. And sadly, as we all know, there is no 16th episode of Season 5 of Gotham, so they have given him the 6th episode of Season 5 in 13 Stitches. He also gets to write another episode this season. He's written a couple of episodes before. Uh, He gets to write the final episode that was produced by Gotham uh, and directed by Aaron Richards. Excellent stuff. It's really good to see Ben McKenzie back behind the camera again mm-hmm. because uh, I've really enjoyed the the two previous episodes that he's done. He, he's got a really nice eye here and again I think some of that comes through here in this episode for sure and it is great to see 
uh, the directorial debut, at least on Gotham, as far as I know, uh, of Erin Richards. Uh, yes, yeah, she did a short movie uh, that was released last year while she was in the gap between season four and season five of Gotham. Uh, but it's great that they've given her another opportunity. It's always good to see the cast stepping up and taking these opportunities. I always remember back in the day watching Star Trek The Next Generation and having Jonathan Frakes stepping up as director. And since then, he's done loads of movies and ah, loads yeah. of TV shows. So I'm hoping this is a good stepping stone for the cast to get some credits uh, underneath their skin before they leave the series of Gotham. So really looking forward to seeing what Aaron has to do and Ben's job on here. I think if I'm right, if I remember rightly, both of the previous directorial jobs, you've given him a five out of five, John. So he's got a lot to live up to with this episode. He <laughs> certainly does. He but, certainly does. Exactly. But he's not the only one involved, of course. This is the fifth episode from Seth Boston and his first in season five. But Seth joined the show back in season two with episode 13. He did A Dead Man Feels No Cold. I think that was one of the first episodes of Mr. Freeze. Um, He continued in season three with episode 14, which was The Gentle Art of Making Enemies. And he wrote two episodes in season four. Episode 15, The Sinking Ship, The Grand Applause, which we talked about because that was one of Mr. Penn's episodes. Uh, And he wrote the season finale which could have been the series finale uh no man's land he did that with danny cannon as well uh closing out what could have been the final season for gotham and luckily he came back for season five yeah it is great uh to see seth boston uh back on board he's done some really good episodes both introducing mr freeze so so good the the you know the series or the potential for being the series finale with no man's land just so epic uh, and grand in its scale and mm-hmm. yeah a really nice set of episodes there really showing a nice range of writing and just uh, embracing of the characters and gotham so yeah absolutely great stuff excellent excellent john do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for the episode sure although it is more of an essay than a synopsis it was really difficult to pair this one back what with everything going on Left, right, and center. Uh, So here we go. Uh Belt in, Gothamites. Jim Gordon is pursued by Ed Nigma, but not as we know him, for Ed has a chip in his brain and is controlled by Eduardo Durantz and his boss, Teresa Walker. As Ed corners Jim, some quick thinking and a handy defibrillator allows Jim to stop Nigma in his tracks and destroy the chip in his brain. Back at the GCPD, Lucius Fox removes the chip and extracts evidence of Eduardo and Walker's criminal attack on Haven and Gotham. Meanwhile, to stop Team Good Guy, Eduardo reveals that he has Lee Tompkins in his possession and threatens to kill her if Jim doesn't trade Ed and his brain chip. As the two former allies face off, Bruce, Alfred, Lucius and Barbara, armed with evidence from Ed's brain chip, work together to broadcast the evidence to the outside world and, with a little help from Nigma, retake control of the GCPD. Elsewhere, Oswald Cobblebot is having a bad day and is forced into a team-up with Selina Kyle against a new thief in town, Magpie, just as Oswald reveals his plan to leave Gotham. Meanwhile, Gordon beats Eduardo in their hand-to-hand battle, leaving him impaled on a rebar. Jim brings Leslie back to the precinct, where Lee is activated as Walker's Plan B assassin. But some quick thinking by Jim and a handy live electrical cord saves Jim and Leslie. While Jim is celebrating saving his ex-fiancé's life, another former fiancé, Barbara Keane, reveals that she is pregnant with Gordon's child. (sighs) Meanwhile, when Alfred returns to his and Bruce's spare apartment, he is kidnapped by Jeremiah as part of a dark and dastardly plan to be executed at Wayne Manor. 
you weren't wrong, John, so much in this episode. I feel like this is what all of the episodes have been like at the moment. Loads of stuff being stuffed into each episode because we have so little time this series, really. We're almost halfway through, I hate to say it, the final season of Gotham. So um, they really do need to put a lot of stuff in here because they need to get out of No Man's Land so we can get back to regular Gotham before the season ends, don't they? Yeah, it's as jam-packed as a jam jar, to be honest. Yes, uh, is. There is so so much going on so many threads coming in so many threads being wound up Mm -hmm. a thread that's introduced in this episode and then ended in this episode so i mean there are so so many things and and bigger wider um sort of story arcs um through uh, eduardo and walker coming in as well so i mean this is just like off the charts to be (laughs) honest with regards to how much the writers of gotham can get into an hour-long episode i mean it's amazing really when i think about it absolutely well talking about one of those introduced and gone things that happened in this episode there's also a little bit of wish fulfillment that's happening this season because this season is nothing if not for the fans right so case note number one another unlikely alliance we finally have penguin and Catwoman working together. That's kind of cool. We haven't really seen that too much throughout the series. Obviously, back in the day, we had Batman Returns, where those two characters did work together uh, quite close. And what is the uh, tagline for our case note number one? The Another Unlikely Alliance? Well, I do have it as uh, Disco Penguin Chases Goth Chicken. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yes, the obsession with Gotham writers of chickens, as you may have noticed right back from season one, all the way back to, I think, episode seven, where we had that moment where we realized that the main mafia boss in the show, Don Falcone, kept chickens. We have that moment there. And from that point onwards, they've been lacing chickens throughout the series. I promise you, go back and watch the series if you've never noticed it. Uh, What we hear is Magpie, this new character, is described by Selina as mm, kind of like a goth chicken. Uh, so, <laughs> so they do work it in as often as they can. Uh, John, do you want to tell us a little bit about Magpie and what she's doing in the show? Yeah, I mean, she is basically stealing from Penguin's stash uh, down in his sort of secure vault under, um, the, I, I think, City Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, as always, um, this is not something that Oswald Cobblepot is going to be very pleased about. And so he pursues uh, the goth chicken exit stage left. <laughs> uh, but the thing is, she is smarter than the average goth chicken because, um, yeah, she is stealing uh, the jewels from uh, Penguin's vault, but she is leaving them with a booby-trapped version or replica. Yes. Um, and, you know, this ultimately leads uh, Penguin down uh, the alley to the alley cat or Selena Kyle <laughs> and needs to really uh, try and find out uh, who this person is, where he can find her. So ultimately he can cause her as much pain and suffering as possible in order to get his possessions back. I think the really nice thing here though is it's actually really good to see uh, Penguin and Selena Kyle, Catwoman, uh, team up here. Yeah. As Derek said, it's very reminiscent of Batman Returns, mm-hmm. uh, these two teaming up. I do actually really like the fact that it shows Selena's uh, eye for detail in people's characteristics and their personality that she a few times here manages to wrap Penguin around her finger, you know, to get him to promise certain things that um, he certainly doesn't want to. I think, you know, to help him find Magpie, she says, 
I'll do that as long as I can keep the jewel, which mm-hmm. she's after. And he goes, okay then. And then later on, um, she kind of manages to extract once we find out, which is kind of a really big shock, to be honest, that Oswald is planning on leaving Gotham, yeah. taking all his um, stolen jewels and artifacts from his vault into the outside world. She manages to say, look, I'll help us get out of this room that Magpie has trapped us in if I can come with you. And actually, it transpires that the room isn't booby-trapped like Penguin thought. So she's really good at that. And I do like the thing um, where she is also... I mean, she kind of makes it explicit where she goes, good to know, after uh, Oswald absolutely kills uh, Magpie. You know, he's not simply... Um, content with having booby trapped his vault so that when she goes back there she's shot in the stomach Mm -hmm. but it's a good old double tap to the head from penguin i'm finding it really disconcerting that you're not ending every sentence with boom boom john (laughs) because that is that is the structure of this episode as we have magpie describing all the bombs that could possibly be going off in the room and it turns out there's not really probably much danger in there at all i love that selena works this out and just kicks down the door you know uh, saying kind of like she's worked out a really simple riddle but actually, I don't think there was much there at all. I think Selena's just been toying with Oswald. Uh, we do get Definitely. that great moment when Oswald arrives going, you actually think I'm going to help you out after you kill Tabitha? A kind of a confrontation we'd expect it to happen at some point with this new kind of violent Selena. We'd expected her to go and take down Penguin. Um, but what we see here is... Well, she's kind of willing to work with him as long as she can play with him and toy with him and get what she wants out of him. Kind of like that. That really works well for, I guess, a character like a cat. You know, she's playing with her prey. Um, I'm not too sure whether Penguin won't find himself on the other end of a gun from Selena at some point. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, as I say, when he shoots Magpie in the head uh, twice. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. She's like, oh, good to know that, you know, don't cross him. Um, you know. Well, yes, yeah, she is totally shocked that he's taken that, yeah. that moment to shoot them. Um, I suppose a lot of times in Gotham, people like this get away. You know, Magpie is a comic book character. Uh, she does have a comic book history with Batman. I think she was the first ever villain that Batman and Superman teamed up and took down. Um, and I think she's also a Black Lantern, if I get that Green Lantern stuff uh, right in my head. Um, so she does have a Black Black Lantern ring, but that might be because she's a magpie and steals rings. That could be the, could be where she got it from. Um, but she does have a comic book history, uh, another hugely well-known character. But again, one of those weird things with Gotham when they take a character and kill them off uh, like this. So, uh, so interesting to have that happen. Yeah, excellent stuff. Yeah, I mean, just really, really um, nice. I mean, the other thing we get here is magpie knowing the street cred of selena uh, mm-hmm. with the fact that she is the one that's killed jeremiah Velasco. Exactly. yeah so she is um she has a rep in uh the downtown does selena kyle and it certainly has spread absolutely all over the city yes yeah, she seems to be saying that she can't stay in the city because everybody is trying to take their chance at selena kyle to make their name so really interesting i wonder what her reaction will be when she finds out she didn't kill jeremiah at all it was just a play on his part well, in that case, I suspect that's where she no longer wants to leave Gotham. Um, so, yes, be interesting to see what um, motivation it is for Oswald not to leave Gotham, for mm-hmm. sure. But on to case note number two, conspiracies, riddles, and liberation. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, beginning directly after last episode, going straight into the opening of this episode, we have uh, Jim sliding down the chute, which was previously used for bodies, uh, and we have Ed following him because obviously he knew, he knows the city and he knows Jim. So I thought this was a great opening. It had this really good feel to it. I was really expecting that thing that they did back in season one, the pilot episode, where they strap a camera to Jim while he's running down the streets yeah. to show that visceral bit, but they have the moving camera behind him instead. Um, which was really, really good. Which is really yeah. cool, yeah. Uh, we get the shot from Ed. And I like this the touch that while Ed is under the influence, he keeps calling Jim Gordon James over again, uh, the way he used to in the past when he had a bit more dispassionate nature to Jim. Uh, we see when he comes back to him, his old self, he does start calling him Jim again. Uh, but Jim gets shot in the neck, and um, while trying to find a bandage for that, comes across the handy defibrillator in the ambulance that he's, uh, that he's in leading to a wonderful gossip moment where he puts the defibrillator to the head of Ed <laughs> and you see that wonderful smoke coming out of his head as he's been shocked once again. Yeah, it, it, that, I have to say, it, it's one of the great comedy elements here in Gotham mm-hmm. that you've just had some really great filming of a chase. As you say, that that moving camera following Jim Gordon, you know, as he jumps over things, uh, races through sort of a break in, in the chain fencing mm-hmm. just really really nicely done and i think that's what gotham can do so well it takes that real nice little action piece um and and it moves it to a frenetic fight scene but finishes it off with a great bit of comedy where you have ed smoking sort of ears and and, <laughs> and side of his head after being defibrillated uh by by jim in in the back of the 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 ambulance or, or wherever they are so it, it it's just really nice and the fact that it is then to some extent repeated um later on in the episode as well uh with the plan b assassin i i think is really really good yeah um it, it's a nice little moment yeah there's lots of fun here with that in this episode i really love that moment where lucius trying to remove the chip from his head and you hear that it's messing <laughs> with his vocal cords you hear ed going if you were careful i wouldn't potato the long legs against the hidden spoon and barbara and, and <laughs> barbara and albert look at each other and go what just happened there <laughs> and then barbara realizing this could be lots of fun to mess with ed and do it again uh, and then we get ed's response as please don't habituate the cur- the curtain rod <laughs> yeah. uh, just before he comes back to his sets it's really good fun yeah I, I think again just a really nice fun moment you know brain surgery on a dirty table um <laughs> pretty crudely done uh, with some great comedy um just so so good again when ed is called in to help save the gcpd as mm-hmm. well in his bomb suit in the kevlar it's just, it's just it's just that image of of ed nigma it just warmed the cockles of my heart really <laughs> it's just so nice it's so see, good yeah and he's back to himself again we hear him creating the riddle here and he's kind of rubbing his hands together because he gets to be his old self he knows he's got a really good riddle to use uh, to to stop these guys from guessing what way they get out from from underneath this bomb i suppose or the threat of the bomb uh, but of course it is our wonderful Harvey Bullock is the one that solves the riddle, uh, which is fascinating. I love this moment because you just don't expect it. You know, this kind of hand raising from the uh, raising from the jail going, I think I know the answer to that. And you hear Ed's response to him going, are you sure? You definitely don't know this, Bullock. Maybe you need to take another minute to, to think about your answer. It's that other great moment. Harvey, the one that Enigma has kind of no time for, mm-hmm. is the one that has the answer. And you just see Ed going, you know, 
think about it a little bit more, you know, for that extra minute, uh, go on, get, have that time. And he's like, no, the, the pallid beach mouse is extinct. So after a year, um, there are no pallid beach mice. Um, that's the code zero, 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 (laughs) zero. Uh, so, so good. I love again, when he gets shot by, uh, Eduardo's team, just how, you know, he's there and he falls over and the legs come up just right at the bottom of the camera. Like, <laughs> classic shot for me. Absolutely. Um, but it is a great comedic moment that allows and intercuts with the more serious stuff that Bruce is doing on top of the um, roof of the GCPD mm-hmm. to broadcast the evidence outside of Gotham that Walker and Eduardo have been involved in this attack on Gotham, the attack on Haven, and effectively to to blow their cover, really. So excellent, excellent stuff here. Yeah, it's really cool. And we do get a little bit of another Batman moment, really, from Bruce, don't we, as he's on the roof beating up the guy that's the guy that's found him on the roof. And we just get that call from Lucius going, um, any update at all, Bruce? He's like, give me a second, as he beats the crap out of this guy, as if it's just, well, this takes time. I'm not worried about about being able to beat up this guy who's fully armoured. It's just, it's going to take me a second to do, you know? <laughs> nice uh, absolutely. And his new go-to move is knee to the stomach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, Alfred has moved away from boxing yep. and has now moved maybe slightly into a bit of uh, Thai martial arts and kickboxing because, yeah, Bruce really did seem to favour uh, the knee to the stomach. Uh, he seemed to dispatch... Uh, the two people that he did pretty um, nicely. Yeah, definitely. I thought he'd come a long way from his brown belt in, in karate. <laughs> yeah, there was that great kind of team up between Alfred and Bruce as they took out two of Darance's army. Uh, I think, it's isn't it Alfred that works out that they are from a very different group? They're definitely not a national army armed force because they've got that born in blood tattooed on their arm. And Alfred knows them from his experience in the past. Isn't that right? Yeah, he knows them by reputation alone, mm-hmm. not by having worked with them. It's kind of a sense that they're a bounty hunter outfit, really. Something like that, uh, yeah. Or mercenaries rather yes. than actual um, regular army. If if not that, then the special ops, basically. Yeah, he says they're sent in to destabilize governments, that kind of stuff. So good to have Alfred on hand with a little bit of knowledge for Bruce, as always. Definitely. Uh, let's get on to case note number three, John. Yes, the many ex-fiancés of Jim Gordon. <laughs> Both together again with Jim in his office at the precinct of the GCPD. Who would have thought it? Lee Tompkins and Crazy Babs in an enclosed environment with Jim Gordon. Uh, Yeah, I mean, this is, again, just bringing together a number of different threads. We've had Jim kind of slowly but surely having to deal with Barbara again. And in fact, earlier in this episode, he asks you know, or sorry, she asks, what do I need to do for you to trust me again? Yeah. Well, the answer to that is potentially that she um, is pregnant with his child. Um, And again, this is one of the big revelations and it's delivered in front of Lee just after uh, she has been um, saved from her own brain chip like uh, Enigma. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, hopefully there's not too much kind of bad feeling between them because i do feel that in the last season uh lee and jim's relationship had 
diverged significantly here in the same way that it done with with Barbara and Jim in in one of the earlier seasons. So, yeah, I think they kept Lee and and Jim very far apart last season because there was the accusation on the show that the two of them were just spending time with each other, breaking up and making up. So they completely separated the two and had her working with uh, Ed Nigma, of course, throughout that season. Uh, what I thought was really interesting here was when you had Lee brought back to the GCPD by Jim. It, you instantly see that moment between Ed and Barbara where Ed just goes, right, I don't think I want to see these two make up again. Off I go. I'm out of here, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was great. We also have the the realization from Lee as to what's happened to her. Uh, we know it's now over three months since the initial um no Man's Land, the initial explosion that happened. I think it's somewhere around day 115 is roughly the count that, that's being kept on this episode. So uh, so what we're seeing here is that Lee died that night. A great recap from Jim, actually, where he says, you said to me that you were leaving town. So that's why he wasn't really looking for it. That's why he wasn't concerned that Lee could be in the city. He just yep. assumed she'd left Gotham. So uh, so to find her in the city and in the hands of, uh, of these guys, of Eduardo Durant, was a bit of a surprise for him. Yeah, no, definitely. I think it was great to see her experience after uh, the the bombing of the bridges and her being knifed by Ed mm-hmm. uh, was similar in that both Ed and her were taken by Professor Strange to be turned into Walker's sort of assassin bots, really, yeah. with this chip in the brain. So um, the only thing is we didn't see Lucius take it out of her brain. True. But... She did have a live electrical cord shoved into the ear or something to that effect. So from the defibrillator, we do know that that kind of fries the circuitry. Yes. Or, or does circuitry. it, actually? Yes, Ed said that um, that it was only the incident with the car battery, and it didn't go any further to explain, but we know that's the uh, the rednecks that happened, happened to attack him with their car battery last episode. Um, but he doesn't go into too much detail, but effectively he says, yes, by having that spark run through the chip on the outside, like the defibrillator that, that Jim uses, that that should shut it down completely, and then it could just be removed by Lucius, uh, which is quite nice. But yes, you're right, it's totally interrupted as they're having that conversation with Barbara's revelation and a wonderful Harvey Bullet moment where he just looks completely like deer in headlights <laughs> as he says, um, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I did think that Leslie Tompkins as well was kind of like a fembot from Futurama. So I, I kept uh-huh. expecting her to kind of do a Lucy Lou, or should I say a Lucius Lou, um, <laughs> and uh, kind of start talking about Philip J. Fry. <laughs> I was kind of thinking like uh, Austin Powers, the uh, the bots that were yeah, that exactly. as well, possibly. Uh, yeah, really cool. I have to say, I really do love that touch that they do as the eyes roll up in the head uh, when they get their, their instructions um, to tell them to kill someone. Uh, we saw it with Ed last episode, and we see it here with, with Leslie. That That's really yeah, cool. It is touch. a nice effect. Yeah. And of course... Lee is there at the precinct because she has been used as a bargaining chip by Eduardo. And Jim has saved her following his battle uh, with Eduardo, where he's left him uh, sort of attached to a metal rebar. Uh, I say saved her. Actually, she saved herself because as soon as he has kind of dispatched of uh, Eduardo, you just hear a double tap again, two gunshots going off. Mm-hmm. And he goes around and there's Lee Tompkins over um, the body of one of Eduardo's uh, Marines or thugs. And um, yeah, she saved herself. So, you know, she's pretty uh, nifty now with her, her skills, yeah. her assassin skills. So that's really quite good. But I think... 
on to case note number four because Teresa Walker arrives yes. in town to save Eduardo from his metal rebar. Yeah, kind of. She kind of says, mm, you know, you're my enforcer. Um, your job's not done here. <laughs> and then sticks the mask on him. So, uh, interestingly, I'm going to combine two different bits, really, that happened in the episode. Obviously, the battle that we saw between uh, Jim and Durance, a uh, really cool fight that was going on. But we do hear the kind of story of what happens to all of Jim's former um, former mates in the army, I suppose, the former team that he worked with, where he was blaming uh, Durance for killing them all. And what we find out is actually, well, Durance was sent to sent to prison. He was sent to uh, Peña Dura. Uh, and this is slightly different than the comic book origin and slightly different than the movie origin. But effectively, this is the origin of Bane. It is saying that Eduardo was thrown into a prison. All of his other, other men around him were taken away from. They were all killed uh, over time in this prison that didn't survive. And then someone comes along to save him and take him out of the darkness and lead him and tell him what to do and instruct him in, in the ways that she wants to control him and wants to use him. So this is quite similar to the story that Bane tells Talia al Ghul in The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. So I'm guessing that we're going to see Walker does not have that name in the next episode of the show. She will reveal herself as the daughter of Rachel Ghul, being quite angry that her father died once again at the hands of Bruce Wayne, at the hands of Jim Gordon. So um, we could be seeing that up in the next couple of episodes. Yeah, it seems really possible that that is the way uh, it's going to go. But we certainly have um, this nice moment where she, you know, she says that Professor Strange will fix you up as she puts on that mask. And, and then you just hear something flow into the mask and uh, lights flicker up and he... His eyes go wide and he's kind of, he goes in that gravelly vein voice, that we can or can't understand. <laughs> we can definitely understand him. He's much more understandable than uh, the original version of Tom Hardy's Bane. Uh, definitely. He's just getting used to it for the first time. So you can still hear him. <laughs> he's just saying, Jim Gordon, you know, has that little moment, you know, that he's obviously losing a little bit of his senses. He has been out there all day. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What a lovely, lovely voice. Uh, <laughs> but really cool to have this little moment in here. And I think, as you mentioned, John, uh, or as we mentioned on, on our video uh, discussion, on, on YouTube, um, it is quite cool that the show's coming full circle because the show was created in the wake of The Dark Knight Rises. At the end of the Nolan trilogy, the show was created as a TV show, not following up and not even connected to that universe, but it's kind of cool that they're coming back to that storyline that we saw last on the cinema screen with this with this Nolan Batman trilogy. Definitely. I mean, I was just wondering, you know, with Talia al Ghul potentially there in the form of Walker, mm -hmm. uh, do you think that she will try to resurrect her father here? And um, that there is some plan to to deal with that because you know we do hear that she's she's not wanted to come back to the city before now because it's filled with scum, mm -hmm. but also because um, you know she's also going after Jim Gordon because she feels as though he was the one that probably killed her father. You know, it doesn't seem as though. They're going after Bruce Wayne as such. It seems to be for going after Jim Gordon, to be honest. Yeah, perhaps. I think uh, Edward Durant kind of gives the explanation during that fight that why Haven had to go was really that 
it is all Jim's fault that on the outside they had almost gotten the authorities convinced that Gotham was a hellhole, that it wasn't salvageable at all. There were so many villains and so many evil people and so much disaster and so much crime going on in the city that they could just drop a bomb on it and end it all. Whereas what happens is Jim's able to create Haven and put tons and tons of people in this locale and she has to send in Eduardo Durance and his team to take them out because the government were about to send in supplies and people to take care of the people of Gotham because Jim's just proven that if he's able to do it with a very small amount of men, if he's able to save hundreds and hundreds of people and put them into Haven, well then maybe Gotham isn't as bad as everybody thinks it is. So sort of like the Court of Owls and sort of like the mission statement of Rachel Ghoul back in Batman Begins and back in the series, you know, they were going to wipe out Gotham and let it start from scratch again. It's that constant idea of is Gotham too bad that it can't be saved well if it is let's wipe it out and start it from scratch again yeah I mean really good stuff Mm -hmm. here Uh, I'll be interested to see if Rachel Ghoul turns back up again to be honest I'll Um, be interested to see if Walker is actually Talia Al Ghul she could be anybody but it does feel like it it does feel like this is the story that they're going with well let's see let's see not Uh not long left now before Uh we possibly find out a bit more about Talia Al Ghul, a.k.a. Walker, a.k.a. maybe not Talia Al Ghul. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. But on to case note number five, Mm -hmm. because Wayne Manor needs some butlering. Yes, that is one dusty scumhole, to be honest. (laughs) I don't think anybody's ever described Wayne Manor as a scumhole. Well, I think certainly this is dust central. Um, you can tell that Alfred has been neglecting his uh, feather duster duties. Um, really good stuff. I did like the little joke uh, from Jeremiah. We, we see him here that he's kidnapped um, Alfred um, and brought him back to Wayne Manor for some evil sort of dick dastardly type uh, plan mm-hmm. but he does like to have his fun does old jeremiah so the finger through the dusty tabletop and his kind of baiting of, of alfred all the time mm-hmm. is just really uh, really good and of course just the image of cameron monaghan here is just so uh jokery jokery <laughs> yes, if is. you um, it's like there's been some jokering uh, of uh, Jeremiah. Yes, definitely, definitely. Uh, a couple of things we kind of learn from this section of the episode. I know it's a very small section at the end, and obviously so much more is going to happen next week. We know it's a big, big episode, uh, next episode that's coming up. Um, but a couple of things that we learn, we obviously learn that Wayne Manor is outside of the city of Gotham, so when the bridges exploded, uh, obviously that's the reason why Alfred and Bruce have not actually gone back. That's why they've been working in the city so closely with the GCPD, because they could never get off the island uh, that's the first question that alfred asks to jeremiah how did you get off the island we have discovered obviously we talked about it last episode that jeremiah uh, created the tunnel that goes into wayne manor interestingly a tunnel going into wayne manor underneath the cave possibly could be an exit for a batmobile in future to get it off the island and into the city or onto the island of gotham it's a really good idea that Jeremiah could have been the engineer that constructed that tunnel. That's quite cool. Yeah, it's a great idea. Yeah. And also, an interesting I thought, Alfred and Bruce's apartment, where Bruce sends Alfred back to collect their stuff, that seemed to be in the same area that um, Selina and Bruce were fighting with the New Mutant Gang, or the Mutant Gang, yeah. uh, a couple of episodes ago, which is interesting, considering... Didn't Bruce say that this was an area where the rich people went to, but there's none of them left. They've all left the city. Definitely. And Selena said to him, 
um, but you're rich, you haven't left. And he gave her a quick response about, you know, well, I, I had something to live for and live here. But he didn't actually mention he lived in the neighborhood, <laughs> which is just, I think it's quite interesting because he didn't say he didn't live in the neighborhood. But technically, he did answer her question by saying, well, I am rich and I am living in this neighborhood. Well, I was wondering <laughs> where uh, Alfred and Bruce had their base, because yeah. certainly whilst they're hanging around GCPD uh, and, of course, Haven, whilst it was still um, not on fire, then mm-hmm. um, you were wondering, well, where are they? Yeah, exactly, exactly. But now we know, now we know, or at least where they were. They're going to be back in Wayne Manor next episode. That's our top five case notes for this episode. Gotham moment of the week. I think for me, my Gotham moment of the week is definitely Bullock putting his hand up to solve the riddle, saying, well, in my zoology class as a kid, I found out that that particular (laughs) creature you're talking about is dead and extinct. So therefore, the number is zero. (laughs) And the response from Ed going, no, Bullock, you can't have got this right. Remember, these two were at loggerheads from episode one. Ed hates Bullock, he's the one that always criticized Ed. He was the one that always called him a nerd and always told him to go back to his puzzles, that kind of stuff. And for Bullock to solve the riddle must have been a real slap in the face. And also because he didn't expect anybody to solve the riddle. He was just doing it to, you know, waste a little bit of time while Bruce was doing his stuff. So a great gather moment for me. Yeah, definitely. I'm absolutely with you on this. I think my other one is the new wrestling move, which is defibrillator to the head. (laughs) Uh, You know, it's not... We've kind of progressed from thumbs to the eyes. It's more defibrillated to the head and, you know, smoking brains, I suppose. Just really uh, another great little moment uh, of the week from Gotham. Yes, yes. Gotham character of the week. Kind of has to be Magpie. It's It's a shame that we don't only had her for one episode, but uh, Sarah Schenken plays the character really, really well. I have to say, I adore the costume. Looks like Daryl Hannah from Blade Runner. Uh, Really funky costume. Yeah, great stuff. Great character played by Sarah Schenken. And yeah, it's in some ways just a little too short for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it is it's a welcome and goodbye almost. But um, it's great to have had that character here. I think she certainly riffed well and nicely with Oswald and Selena. So it's great to have her. And yeah, absolutely Gotham character of the week. Absolutely. And I also just want to give a quick shout out to Detective Alvarez. Um, he's been on the show many, many times. J.W. Cortez plays the character. I have to give a shout out to him because his conversation with Harvey is one of the most Gotham conversations I've heard where they're standing in, in the jail. <laughs> and uh, Alvarez says to Harvey, um, do you think we can just get all our bootlaces together and hook that guy <laughs> around the neck and maybe strangle him? And Harvey's looking at him going, um, what do you think the rest of the guy is going to do? Are they going to give up because they're so impressed with your plan? <laughs> uh, no, no cockamamie plan is going to save us as Ed walks in with another cockamamie plan. Uh, great moment. Really good. Alvarez moment. Definitely. Yeah. Really good. And John, let's get on to ratings. John, how do you rate this episode of Gotham? For me, I would give this episode of Gotham 4.5 boom booms and a rebar out of 5. Ooh. Um, and possibly with the odd dusty sideboard thrown in for good measure. <laughs> Though this That's was 5.3 out of 5, is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. I, this was an, another excellent episode of Gotham. To be honest, maybe it just had a little bit too much mm-hmm. in it. Um, possibly that would be one of the weaknesses of it. And I think that that comes from uh, Magpie. You know, it would have been good just to have had a few episodes. But I get now that we're really in the end game, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, 
with only 12 episodes. And I, I think, um, you know, this is inevitable that you will have a jam packed episode literally week in, week out now until the end. So. And to be honest, there is a lot to say for it as well, because I think in this, you have had moving from action into comedy, um, loads of little comedic elements splattered through this i mean you have the introduction of magpie you have the introduction of of walker um you Mm -hmm. have the creation of bane uh you have uh, the two exes uh, and jim gordon coming back together um you have the revelation of barbara potentially becoming pregnant quicker than you would think i'm wondering if there's a time delay there uh, you have Leslie, uh, you know, finding out her history since um, No Man's Land and the bridges falling into Gotham, you know, mm-hmm. where she has ended up in the same way that Ed Nigma did. But yeah, some great comedy moments through here with Ed in his bomb suit, Ed and the defibrillator, Harvey solving the riddle. I think even Leslie and the electrical uh, lamp cord, <laughs> to be honest, it was a nice little mirror here. And yet you have... Again, so many other different revelations. Alfred being kidnapped by um, Jeremiah. The shock that Oswald is looking to leave Gotham. I mean, what does he say? He says, um, there's nothing more I can achieve here. Uh, Some things I've achieved yeah, twice. Yeah. yeah, I've done it all. So, uh, again, just really ramping it up to the end of this uh, season. Yeah. So, nice stuff, I think. Yeah, really it gives good you those stuff. questions as to, you know, what is it that will make Oswald want to stay in Gotham for the rest of his life? What is it that's going to make him want to stay here and do things that he maybe hasn't done before or do things that he's done before a third time or a fourth time? Exactly. <laughs> you know, we still have to remember that image from episode one of Jim Harvey Ed and Oswald uh, arming up and going out to defend Gotham. Exactly. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a nice counterpoint to all of this. And, and it's one of those things that, you know, I think episode one did really well because it is that counterpoint for every other episode. Yep. You listen to Oswald here and yep. you wonder, why does he stay? What is the reason for that? What are we going to see? So excellent stuff here for me from from Gotham, from Ben McKenzie, the characters and the writers. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely a really enjoyable episode. Hopefully we get some good more episodes as we go on towards the rest of the season. Uh, let's get on to some feedback. I've uh, got a, an email in from Claire Payne. She says, hello, actor and star of Gotham, Ben McKenzie, proves he's a great visionary behind the camera as this is his third episode of Gotham he's directed. Two words that easily describes this episode is brilliantly bonkers. The elements that make Gotham one of the most engaging DC television shows. It will use different elements of his characters, which brings us some fascinating scenes. The episode opens with a fantastic chase sequence, with Jim being hunted down by controlled Ed. The action doesn't stop there. Alfred and Bruce take on some of the Delta Force. Bruce then single-handedly takes on one of the guys on the roof of the GCPD, but the most brutal is between Jim and Eduardo. Leslie Tompkins is being used as bait. Magpie is my standout character in this episode. When I announced this character would be joining Gotham, I was genuinely excited because I don't know that much about her. Magpie's character connection also brought together a dream team-up that I've been waiting for since Season 2, Selina and Oswald. We have been given a small indication that Selina was working for Penguin back in Season 2, but Oswald going to Selina for help because of this thief and Selina sharing with Penguin that maybe killing Jeremiah wasn't the best of ideas that she's ever had, as everyone is now trying to kill her. Selina isn't afraid to negotiate her working terms with Penguin. This, of course irritates Penguin because Selina knows him a little bit too well but Clever Cat manages to work out Oswald is planning to leave Gotham as he has nothing left to achieve. Selina wants out as well. 
Oswald gives Selina a warning by shooting Magpie to show her what he does to people who steal from him. Ed, Jim, Barbara, Alfred, Lucius and Bruce working together was balanced beautifully. And Harvey solving Ed's riddle that wasn't supposed to be solved. Eduardo on his way to being Bane after being injured by Jim in their fight. Leslie also had a chip in her head. Bruce is becoming our Batman more with each episode. Jeremiah kidnapping Alfred in a thrilling, insane ending to this episode. And oh, congratulations are in order for Jim and Barbara. They're having a baby. <laughs> yes, they certainly are, Claire. Thank you so much for that feedback. I suspect that a baby shower in Gotham would literally be really awful <laughs> uh, i think actually some of the villains may take it literally in fact it wouldn't just be bad john it would be hell <laughs> it, it really would and i absolutely agree that to describe this episode it is brilliantly bonkers and mm-hmm. um, it's rammed and jam-packed uh, with brilliant bonkers as well yeah. so yeah really good stuff thanks for the feedback claire absolutely and i'll definitely say having seen every dc tv show other than the first couple episodes of the new doom patrol series gotham is still the best dc tv show out there without a doubt definitely the most engaging and totally because of its brilliant bonkers nature and the wonderful cast and crew uh, everybody involved in the show has been really really good this season as well thanks so much claire john do you want to take us on to facebook yeah over on facebook we have some feedback on episode six by uh, charlotte bain she says another flawless action-packed episode jim used the defibrillator to shock knock him out was priceless <laughs> babs i love her she always has a cachet of weapons <laughs> The funny moment when Lucius was taking the chip out, Ed got tongue-tied. Barbara said to do it again. Even Alfred chuckled about that. Uh, former SAS Alfred as well heard about those murderous soldiers. I love Lucius and his technology expertise. Mm-hmm. Bruce, Alfred and Jim were kick-ass. Jim got into Eduardo's head. That was an awesome fight. Really and, good, yeah. Yeah, really good. And Eduardo is devoted to Walker. She saved him from being left behind. Now I see his motive. I knew Lee had a chip. Jim had to knock her out as well. It was awkward when Babs came in and blurted, I'm pregnant. <laughs> uh, Harvey's one-liners, congratulations, was superb. My Alfred got drugged by Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. I love Cameron Monaghan. He needs a butler to clean up the mansion for sure. Poor Magpie only lasted one episode. Oswald doesn't hesitate to kill anyone. I do love him and Selena though being partners. I remember Selena being in Oswald's place in season two. He referred to her as a cat because she was so quiet when Jim visited him to get his help. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This season five is on fire. I love it. I give this episode five boom booms. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, uh, Charlotte, for that feedback. It is absolutely frenetic. Um, and I think there is so much going on. But it is, as you say, on fire. I think with a writer's room uh, and with the individual sort of story uh, runners for each episode, along with the show runners. Mm-hmm. I think this amount of information, this amount of fun, action, drama, uh, you name it, um, could really just implode on itself. It could be a hot mess. Uh, and I do think they really carry it off uh, really, really well. And instead of being a hot mess, it is a hot fire <laughs> it's an as awesome it's on fire, fire. yes 
Awesome, awesome. Thanks so much, Charlotte, for that. Uh, Sam Bacta also says this was a fantastic episode, probably his favorite of the season, and uh, there was just so much to process. One of the funnier moments in the episode was Harvey surprisingly answering Ed's riddle correctly at the GCPD and nearly thwarting the plan in process. Yeah, excellent moment in the episode. Thanks so much for all the feedback. We will obviously be back with our next episode, our discussion about the seventh episode of Gotham Season 5. You're going to like the name of this one, John. Ace Chemicals. Oh, I think things are going to get even more jokery. <laughs> I think they are. Or there's a lot more jokering going to be done to Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. Yes, possibly. Uh, yes, this is a very famous landmark in the city of Gotham. Going to be very cool to see how this plays out. Uh, the episode airs on the 21st of February. Uh, we will be talking about it as soon as we can directly after that. But make sure you stay tuned to GothamTVPodcast.com because we do have a couple of great interviews coming up with members of the cast of Gotham. Um which we're really looking forward to sharing with you as we get into the final part of this season of Gotham. Thanks so much for joining us, fellow Gothamites. We do want to hear your thoughts, of course, about the season as we go along. Definitely. Please contact us through our website over at gothamtvpodcast.com where you can leave us some voicemail. Just click on the right-hand side tab and leave up to 90 seconds of your thoughts on anything to do with Gotham Mm -hmm. Season 5. And, of course, you can email us at feedback at gothamtvpodcast.com. There's also our Facebook group. Head on over to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Gotham TV podcast and on Twitter at Gotham TV podcast, where we will be tweeting away with the magpies uh, to the sounds of Gotham. Nice. Um, yes. <laughs> what a good old segue. I like thingy. that. I like that. Link yes. back. Uh, so yeah, please um, come and join us uh, to comment on this fantastic show uh, and join the community of Gotham. Yeah. Yeah, head on over, fellow Gothamite, fellow detective. Uh, You are more than welcome. Absolutely, yes. Thanks so much for joining us, Boom Boom. We'll be back next week, Boom Boom, with more Boom Boom from Gotham. Yeah, we get it, Boom Boom. (laughs) But as always, fellow Gothamites, it is a pleasure speaking with you. Um, Yeah, I'm off to do a little bit of dusting uh, just before I put in a evil and diabolical plan into action (laughs) that will wreck the young mind of a certain teenager. Uh, But after that, we'll be back to speak with you again soon. Bye. Talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. I'm David Mazuz, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. This is Drew Powell, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. This is Andrew Sellen, Mr. Penn on Gotham, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. This is Robin Lord Taylor, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast.